Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast, brought to you in association with Rehoy and Son. My name is Tony Kerr, and alongside me, as ever, is Guernsey Press's sports editor, Gareth the Prevot. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you, Gareth. Lots to talk about this week, um, but I've got to start by telling you where we are. Um, we're sitting in a space that used to be used for cricket in the past. It's it's hosted gymnastics as well, um, but over the last year or so, it's been transformed into a high-tech football arena, and I'm delighted to say we're joined by the man behind the new Aztec Arena, Rob Jones. Morning, Tony. Great to see you. Um, congratulations on the, this new place. Thank um, you very much. It's absolutely fantastic to be down here. Um, you came in quite a few months ago, didn't you, to, to tell us about the plans when they sort of kind of first came to light. Um, and so much hard work has gone into to getting to this point. How chuffed are you to be sitting here, you know, and getting this place up and running? A- absolutely delighted. Um, as you say, it's been it's been a long time in the making. We've had you know like everybody at the moment in, in the global supply chain issues with getting suppliers, builders, contractors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's certainly been worth the wait. And you know to see the looks on the, on the face of the people who are coming in and actually using the equipment and the pitches now, it's it's definitely worth waiting for. Yeah, because you've had a bit of a soft launch. I know you've had quite a few people through the door, kind of testing it out. We have. We're sitting up in the kind of bar restaurant at the top, overlooking the the new pitch. Uh, in front of us and then you know alongside that is the kind of high-tech zone which everyone's very excited about but just yeah just give us a sort of overview of what's on site here um so we have a uh, state-of-the-art 3g pitch downstairs um a really really good size uh, fiber size pitch i would say um with electronic goals which um we think of you know they're certainly unique in guernsey and they're pretty unique in in the uk as well um to give a little bit of an edge um a bit more fun to shoot at um, and so far, everyone seems to have, have absolutely loved it. On the right-hand side, we have what we're calling the tech zone, which, again, there's five or six pieces of really high-tech equipment in there, all data-driven, all light-driven, all about repetition. Um, gone are the days where, you know, to learn how to play football, you had to have 14 people around you and a coach um, to, do, to, you know, to learn your skills. You can now actually go and do this on your own. Um, this kind of repetition, you know, breeds, uh, breeds excellence type of philosophy. So... Um, there's five or six bits of equipment down there. Um, as I say, it's all tech driven. It's all wristband and data. So you would have your own data set. You know what you did last time. You know what you want to aspire to, what you want to achieve in terms of a, of a footballer. Um, and you can benchmark yourself against your friends. You can benchmark yourself against other people around the world who use this equipment. And ultimately, Ronaldo and Messi and people like that have all done it and they've registered scores. So you're really trying to compete against the best. That's pretty exciting. We just <laughs> had a walk around. I mean, Gareth, are you looking forward to setting a score on that? <laughs> I'll, I'll try and beat you, Tony. I don't know about Messi and Ronaldo, but no, it's really impressive. I, I said to Rob as we walked in, it's sort of like, um, I couldn't quite... I believe how big a space it is, to be honest. I mean, I remember it as, as the sort of the cricket centre when it first opened up. But the pitch they've got down here is just, it, like you say, Rob, it's just a really nice size. And you, could get, you can definitely get a good game going down Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. And um, the surface, we had a quick walk on the surface. That's really good as well. And you were sort of telling me it's sort of proper boots and all sort of um, arena. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, it's outside, inside. Um, and I think particularly this time of year, it's really coming into its own. We're getting a lot of support from the clubs who want to book it, for the, particularly for their youngsters. You know, having been involved in coaching for 30, 35 years over here, knowing and seeing the state of some of the pitches in November and December and knowing how soul-destroying it is and <laughs> seeing people freezing on the touchline to actually be able to bring it inside and recreate that experience in here in a nice warmth um, is, is brilliant. And the whole, the whole, I think the whole philosophy is smaller-sided games, obviously, is, is the future of football. I think three-a-side, four-a-side, we can split the pitch into two. Um, the ball's always in play. And I think that the more touches you get in a game of football, the, the more your muscle memory is going to remember it. And I think, you know, 11 aside for, for nine-year-olds, that's obviously a thing of the past. 
Um, and we really think that the three aside, four aside, indoors, and we've got a pitch outside as well. Um, which we can use is is the future. There's a big element of fun to this, and you you know you yeah. want kind of kids coming in for birthday parties and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of sort of serious football, quote unquote, I mean, where do you see uh, the, this facility sort of fitting into to kind of youth development in the island? Oh, ma- massive! I think uh, w- when you when you hear the stories about what our talented youngsters do when they go away, and we've got five five or six professionals away in the UK at the moment, and what they're they're put through in terms of academy. We're only scratching the surface here, you know. Even even with the you know the highly successful JFA Academy, they they have an hour a week, and that's that's not really enough. We need to be really giving people much more focus um, and game time down here. And with a facility like this, it's much easier to do. Um, the real talented youngsters they can they can definitely use this um, as much as they want. You know, we've got memberships, we've got club membership. We, we're going to have high performance um, uh, players coming down here and using the equipment. So the exposure is going to be a lot greater than it has been traditionally, and that that can only be good for Guernsey football. Um, so, you, I mean, and we have a fantastic pool of, of of excellence over here. We just need to nurture it. We need to grow it. We need to we need to keep people in the pathway beyond the sort of traditional fourteen, fifteen, where some people fade away. We've now got what we think is a really, really strong product that keeps people engaged eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and then to get into senior football, keep them in the game. Um, because well, we have got tremendous talent over here. We've proved it. The Alex Scotts, the Mayers, you know, the Ben Aces, the Joe Adamses, um, uh, the Thomas Apsjans, and obviously we've got, uh, I think I mentioned Mayer, but we've got Sydney as well. She's, she's away. And we have got a great pool of resource over here. Um, and this gives people, I think, the best opportunity to try and develop that. Uh, in terms of this um, whole facility, Rob, um, how many are there like it sort of in Britain? It, it's, it seems quite um, high tech and um, I wouldn't expect to see one sort of like in every town. No, no, th- no, there aren't many. In fact, the people that we that we engage with in um, on the south coast, we've got the equipment from. They're looking to expand now and, and to they, they have a good distribution in the Far East um, and in the Middle East and, and America. They've got a, they've got some of their equipment in, in Australia and Egypt. Um, but I think in terms of the UK, they are looking to, they're planning a rollout and looking for investment to, to actually, there's, there's a, there's a centre in Bournemouth. Um, there are, there's one planned for Newcastle. Um, but apart from that, no, we're, 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 you know, good old Guernsey. We're, we seem to have stolen a march on this one, which is, which is fantastic for the island. Yeah, quite exciting as well. So on social media before the World Cup, you know, a video Absolutely. of Phil Foden using something very similar to yes, this, um, indeed. passing on, which is, you know, quite cool to for, for youngsters you know just to, to see someone like him you know using that equipment and then to have access to it is um yeah must be very exciting exactly and even closer to home alex you know our, our very own alex scott was over last week and you know we couldn't get him out of the center it was it was almost embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> alex you, you you've overstayed your welcome it's time, it's time to go and, and obviously he, he put the machines through through their paces and he was as you would expect for a professional footballer absolutely you know outstanding on the equipment and, and loved it so for me you know, there's no better testament than that. Yeah, are his marks the ones to beat then, do you think? They are at the moment, yes. Yeah, I've got some very envious staff here who seem to, who <laughs> trying all day to try and beat the scores, but uh, not, not quite succeeded just yet. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the equipment, and you also, um, you can also now change with the times as well, because it's all very modern now, And but the way it's all set out and whatever, you can, you can tell that anything new comes on the market, you'll be able to yeah, exa- exactly, it. Exactly, and that, that's, that's the plan. The um, ESA, or the equipment providers in the UK, they've, they've got a great team of research and developers they're developing the equipment all the time they're looking at ways of making new fun games i mean they're as young at heart like like we all are and they're, they're interested in fun what can we do to make it fun but also have it as a, as a serious it is a serious training tool this is a serious training center but 
it's available for three to three to infinity. You know, and that's we want to get the, everybody through the door, if, if at all possible, to to improve themselves. And you mentioned your coaching experience locally, <laughs> 30, 30 plus years. <laughs> so, um, I mean, how have you seen the sport evolve? I mean, obviously, this is what you're trying to do here is kind of right on the bleeding edge. Um, but you know, you mentioned the professionals. We have got a real clutch of them at the moment. Have. have they have they appeared kind of by accident, if you like? Is it down to their own sort of inherent kind of de- you know determination and, and talent, or you know, are we really getting it right? to produce a kind of a glut of players like that? It's, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, the, the people I mentioned before, they, ha- they have been away and been fortunate enough to get into the academies by, by hook or by crook. Um, now, obviously, on merit. I think, you know, my early days of coaching back at the Vale Rec, back in the, in the, in the 90s, it was, you know, ha- how much has changed from a sat- on a Saturday morning when you go around and see what's going on now? There's a lot more um, involvement from coaches. I think that the standard of coaching has definitely gone up. I think you look at all the clubs, they're really well resourced. Um, you've got dads who's, who's, who traditionally stand on the sideline um, now getting involved. And you go, do you know what? I can do that. I can get involved. And they're loving it. And I think that's fantastic mm-hmm. for club football. Um, so grassroots, I think, is, has, has come on really, really well. Um, where we struggled a little bit, I think, continue to struggle is to... Is, is to really figure out what product we want for our more elite players, shall we say, and the 11, 12, 13-year-olds. What are we doing for them to be able to give them exposure to what I call mainland football? Um, the academies are, are great over here, the GFA Academy, um, but the likes of, I mean, I think Orma, you know, Orma were, a, you know, Orma were a, a great, great idea. They produced um, some really, really good players who've come back in and are now playing senior football here, but they also produced... They have the Thomas and, and, and the Joe Adams and, you know, they had exposure to a lot of good football in the UK. If there's one thing, if there's one switch I'd like to turn on is to be able to give people much more opportunity to play in the UK. But of course, finance, sponsorship, it's a, it, that stretch of water is difficult. It's pricey to get over to play regular games, even if we can scratch the surface of that and get some more exposure and, and also invite teams over here as well um, to give our youngsters that competitive edge. That's what I would like to see from, from Guernsey football going forward. Yeah, because I mean, last year, you know, age group Marathi wise or sort of Marathi wise, it was pretty slim pickings, wasn't it? Um, exactly. And one of the well, you know, one of the things that was spoken about, uh, you know, the tail end of the last season was, you know, the amount of you know, off-island testing opportunities that those teams had kind of in the build-up or just generally. Um, yeah, I mean, is, is that something you want to see kind of through the age groups? Uh, d- definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, Marathis are, are, are so important, but ultimately they're one match a year. And I think for me, the development of the individual from age eight, nine, ten, given that giving them that more exposure to, to the game, more opportunity to go away and play and play teams um, is is really important. How we do that, um, I don't know. There's cleverer people than I that need to decide that, but um, I, that's that's certainly something that we need to do. Um, just in terms of sort of like the kids you see through your door, and just nowadays, Rob, um, does the fact that the likes of Mayor Alex Scott are now sort of featuring heavily on the professional um, uh, landscape, as it were, in Britain, compared to we've had perhaps a generation where Guernsey hasn't had some... Yep. Obviously, we had Matt for many years. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. After Matt, there wasn't much. I mean, Chris Tardiff went away and sort of, as a goalkeeper, you don't really get to see an awful lot of him either. Yeah. Um, the, do you now see the kids basically wanting to be Alex Scott, wanting to be mayor? Oh, abs- absolutely. And I think the, one of our big priorities is, is girls' football and women's football mm-hmm. in the island. I think it's an, it's an untapped market out there and you know we've, we've seen a lot of interest from um the wildcats so joanne joel pengeli does a great job with with the girls down there they're, they're here twice a week mm-hmm. we're getting much more traction on that and you look at some of the talent you're on the sidelines thinking that they are great mm-hmm. 
and they need you know that they need to be need to be nurtured and, and, and developed um yes i th- I, th- I think and when you look at alex um you know a great role model a great individual really rounded rounded lad spent a lot of time down here will always speak to everybody um for, for guernsey football i think a lot of young lads will aspire to, to you know to be to be like alex um great role model yeah we caught up with him last week or the week before and i was mm. really impressed i hadn't really spoken to him properly when I mean, he came in for the podcast mm. a year ago and he was already mm. sort of you could tell he was you know moving in the right direction but i remember speaking to him as a as a 16 year old just before he went off to bristol and, yeah. you know he's quite obviously quite shy and you know quite kind of yeah contained yeah. Mm. um which you'd, you know you'd expect mm. for someone that age but mm. but only a couple of years later he speaks so well about what he's doing and um yeah such kind of exactly. very, yeah very um, yeah. mature head yeah. on those shoulders already absolutely yeah and i mean i guess you, you you ask yourself what's the difference between you know an alex and, and someone else of his peer group over here Al, you know alex did go away to southampton and so did ben ac and so so did the, the you know the other pros that we've got they did get exposure mm. to professional football academies a lot earlier than a lot of our other players do over here. They were lucky, but there's also a lot of sacrifices to be made. Um, as I say, flying over to Southampton, age nine, ten, and, and and being away from your family for weekends. But you know what I have seen with Alex and Mayer, and and, and is is a, is just a singular focus on wanting to to mm-hmm. win and to achieve. Um, and not everybody has that, but they've got it in they've got it in abundance, and they, they never thought they were doing anything else apart from playing mm-hmm. football. Which is and Alex, you know, he, Alex had a knockback. Um, ben had a knockback. Mm. Obviously, they came back from Southampton. They were released at age 12, 13, but they got up, dusted themselves down, and obviously have, have ploughed a furrow and, and gone for it and are doing fantastically well. So, fair play to them. Absolutely. I was going to say, it comes to something now that when I'm watching a World Cup and watching England's game against um, America, as it was a couple of weeks ago, and I, I actually, there was one point in the second half I thought, I wonder what difference Alex Scott would make to this game if he came on. You know, that, that's sort of the mentality now that we, we can develop someone almost that good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, terrific. And in terms of, um, yeah, like how this centre fits into the kind of wider wider sort of football ecosystem, if you like, in Guernsey. I mean, you mentioned about the clubs getting involved. Is it something that you, you hope to see um, as a bit of a hub and that, that you know, the, the, the Prio sides and Prio clubs will, will come and use this place Absolutely. as well? Absolutely. Th- I think a hub's a really good word, Tony. And, you know, we're, we're club agnostic. You know, I've Tony, Tony Vance is my, you know, he's my business partner here. You know, he's a Sylvan through and through. I played at Valorec all, all the time. I coach at Saints. We are club agnostic and anybody who wants to come and use this centre to develop their own players um, themselves are absolutely welcome through the door. But uh, I think a hub is, is a good, is a good word. Um, the pitch is available for hire and will be once we get our website sorted out, which shouldn't be too, too many days now. Um, and already, as I say, we've had, we've had interest, particularly from the younger age groups from, from Valrec, from St. Martins, from Sil- from, from Rovers. Everybody's kind of getting the message now. Actually, there is a resource there. Let's go and let's go and tap into it. And there, everybody's welcome. And is Azteca a name we'll still see, you know, involved in the kind of soccer school stuff outside of here? You know, in, in sort of I suppose traditional outdoor football, if you like. Oh, very much so. So Aztec, you know, we we've taken over the sponsorship of the GFA Academy, so it's now Aztec with an H, as previously without the H. Um, so Aztec now we we sponsor the academies from six, seven through to fourteen. So. There's no there's no change over a sponsor or any confusion there. We we literally run it top to bottom. Yeah, and we also sponsor um, you know, we're training kit sponsor for for GFC, who are incidentally training here on a Thursday night and absolutely love it. Um Watching, watching some of the the guys shoot against the wall is hilarious. Maybe that's why where they don't score like goals on a, on a Saturday. But. You're saying that out of Tony Vance's earshot here, aren't you? <laughs> a few extra sessions needed, maybe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and you mentioned about sort of you know small sided football being you know the key. I mean. 
that that you know, that idea is isn't new, is it? In the sense that we think back to like futsal was a you know was a, there was a lot of hope sort of put on that. Yeah. Um. You know, from your experience, kind of coaching at Saints and, and coaching kind of youth football, you know, is that. Are we, are we, have we got the sort of setup right for, for for how the game is played at those age groups at the moment? Going in the right, definitely going in the right direction. I mean, you know, I, I sometimes travel around and look at look at what other clubs are doing, and you see that everything's small sided games, um, for four, five, six, you know, roles, and then up to an eleven. You know, I coach under twelve at St Martin's. Big focus of mine is, is the small sided games. You get nine aside. Um, everybody wants to play nine aside to finish. You know, to finish. Oh, can we play a big game? Can we play a big game? You can play a big game, and you see the two or three kids who touch the ball once in twenty minutes, and you think, well, that's mm. what's. What, all right, we won, but you won, but how how have you developed? And well, you touch the ball once. What a waste of time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think I think you know statistically, um, you know, Tony Vance is big on stats, as you know. He, um, I'll, the player who'll remain nameless. Um, we tested out the um, the tracking device um, on I think forty five minutes down at KG five on the big pitch, um, number of ball, number of passes, number etc cetera, etc, cetera. and then we played in here five aside I think you know really really good quality, and it was some four five hundred percent more involvement in the game, more passes completed, more touches etc, and that can only that can surely, you know that can only be good for for a player. So yeah, I, that, that's definitely, definitely our focus. I was touching it two or three times in half an hour is a description of my performance <laughs> for Indies yesterday. <laughs> you mean you actually got off the bench? Well, yeah, the game did seem to pass me by somewhat. Um, what, what about coaching as well? You know, you, you mentioned about, um, you, you know, that you, you're, you're enjoying seeing you know, lots of people getting involved and in the, in the coaching standard going up. I mean, yep. that, it's great to see, it's fantastic to see the, the young players that are producing now have gone into the professional game. I mean, the one thing we don't have, though, well, we don't seem to have, is is kind of coaches uh, coming through and then and going on to 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 elsewhere and, and kind of getting involved in the in the pro game. Is that is that something we could work on? Is, it's a know? good. It's a really good point. I mean, the, the coaching pathway. Um, I, I did my coaching badges you know, twenty years ago now, and I, I think it's moved on. There's a lot of online stuff, but I think COVID's had a bit of a bit of an effect over the last two or three years. It's obviously put paid to a lot of aspiring coaches who wanted to do the coaching badges, the certificate, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but but it is it, the higher you go in the coaching ladder, the harder it is to to qualify. And I think in Guernsey, it's it's difficult. In the UK, it's it's a lot easier because you have a lot more availability of, um, to go to centres to to do the exams, to do the sessions. Um, over here, it's very much driven by number of numbers of people interested. Getting going to the UK, it's a big sacrifice to go and get. You. So, I, I think we have got some great coaches over here, no doubt about it. Um, are they come? Are they coming through? Sort of the prio, um, you know, who's the next aspiring GFC coach, for example? Who are we looking at to come through? Um, I think you used the word slim pickings before, and I think I think we're at stage, um, and I'd like to see more more of those coaches coming through. I mean, for you personally, uh, I don't know, t- time permitting. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, do, do you see yourself kind of doing more coaching, kind of going forward? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> quite just, busy just, down here. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. no. But I mean, I, I, the, the coaching that I do is is great. I, I coach on the twelve team at Saints, um, and really, really enjoy that. But the, you know, there's an element of coaching to this centre as well. You know, we've got five full time staff, all of whom doing their coaching badges. And if you come in here and use the equipment, um, you will be uh, not necessarily coached. You'll be mentored. You know, these these guys know the equipment inside out. They can give you coaching um, tips. They can give you um, ways to improve yourself they're, they're sort of facilitators and mentors for the gym if you like um 
and that's that's what we want. So I'm, I'm I, I love doing that sort as well. Of football PTs, Fo- football PTs, yeah. exactly. That's a yeah, good way to describe it. The the other bit of the of the um, facility is that we have a we have got a great cafe downstairs um, where people can actually stay and get good coffee and and. You know, the youngsters can get their milkshakes and their donuts and whatever. And, and upstairs, we've got a really, you know, we've got a nice bar and <clears throat> a restaurant up here showing showing football matches. So I want this to be, you know, experience. I want people to come here and and stay and maybe have a bite to eat upstairs while the children are playing downstairs. So make it a real nice community hub as well. Yeah, and you've had a few in for the World Cup matches and we have, hopefully yeah. a couple of England games still to come. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this Saturday is going to be uh, could be could be a big one England France. So yeah, everyone's welcome to come and watch that. Down here. You're going to watch England games not as a fan anymore, eh? But as a businessman. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. Please get through. Please get through. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So you know, absolutely delighted to be open. Um, great to be able to have you down here to you know to talk about it, and uh, really excited for for Guernsey football for the community, and you know, everyone's welcome. So, it is a really impressive facility, Robin. Well done on on getting it oh, to this you. stage. <laughs> what, what sort of drives your kind of passion for Guernsey football? Because obviously, it's a big endeavour, and it's a business as well as you know, of course. But um, you know, it's. It, you've invested a lot of time and energy and money into to getting this off the ground, and and you know you do generally in, in local football. What what what's the kind of what's the motivator for you? It's really, it's, honestly, it's it's really interesting. I mean, when seeing 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 kids' faces walk through walk through that door, and they when they see that arena with the the, the pitch and all the signage and the goals and the, and the bright lights, seeing seeing the look on their faces of amazement. I that was exactly how I was when I was four years of age. So I've been harbouring this desire and passion to get something like this up and running for about fifty years now. So, um, and finally, you know, been lucky enough to be able to to be able to do it. And you know, Guernsey's been good to me. Guernsey football's been really good to me. I've loved every minute of my football over here. I've played for some great coaches, played alongside some great players, and the mini setup. You know, we should be really, really proud of it. You know, it has its it has its knockers, and, and you know, occasionally, but ultimately, you know, the football product over here at Grassroots is really, really mm-hmm. good. And this is just an you know, this is an addition, and we want to you want to take it to the next level and work with the community to get there. And obviously, we've had Harry, uh, your oh, son, yeah, sorry about on that. the podcast <laughs> a few times. Uh, have, you, have, you, have you taken him on yet? I mean, uh, <laughs> who's got the edge? Uh, no, he didn't pass probation. Yeah, okay, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Harry, Harry, Harry's busy doing his uh, doing his stuff in, in in the UK. I think you know when he comes back, of course, he's welcome to come and have a come and have a go. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's. Um, yeah, he's. I think his 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 interest lies in other areas. I think you know on the on the media side of it. So yeah. uh, he's doing a good job there. Did you talk him into going to Valrec this last summer? Or certainly didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's my club, yeah, I'm, I'm actually secretly quite pleased. But uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was a Saints man all through his all through his youth, and Saints are a great club. Yeah. Um, but you know, ultimately, he, you know. He's he's a man now and he can make his own decisions. But yeah, um, yeah I'm pleased it's about Recky went to and not not anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the local football now because uh, yeah, it's a mixed bag this weekend. Some really exciting and interesting stuff. Some some, some more difficult days um, for others. Uh, but let's start with the, the Prio and um, a couple of interesting results. Um, Bell's going to Rovers and um, coming back from one 0 down to win two one. Uh, that was after North had beaten Rangers on Friday night. So it kind of set up very nicely for a big game on Tuesday night. Um, I mean, yeah, how surprised you by that result again um when i first saw it i was i was very surprised to be honest I, without i don't want to show any disrespect to bells but you'd have sort of put that one down as a home win when you saw the fixtures um for the weekend um now that i've seen sort of who rovers were missing it's perhaps not as big a surprise i know they were missing sort of several key players certainly down the spine of their team 
and Bells are, are very capable. I mean, so, Crush is always going to score you a goal. Um, Brad Foss got the winner as well. So um, they, they're always capable of... I mean, they've beaten North as well this season, so it shows um, sort of what Bells can do on their day. Um, that's a really good win for Chris Lafriac in his side. And um, I think, to be honest, it's it's a very good result for us neutrals in the Premier League. It's really tightened up. Saints um, won the winners up in Alderney. Um, Sylvan's uh, the other side to win at the weekend, 2-1 at Vale Rex. So it's yeah, really tight at the top. Um, North with one game in hand um, on the sides around them and uh, would go top if they beat Rovers uh, tomorrow night. So yeah, things are really interesting. Are you following it closely, Rob? <laughs> I, can, I'm I'm I can phrase that slightly differently. <laughs> Otherwise engaged. Really. No, no, of course, of course, of course, I do. But it's interesting you mentioned you mentioned Crusher. You know, it seems like yesterday that he was a little uh, sort of nine, ten year old kicking the ball around behind the goal yeah. of Velrette when I was playing with his old man. But mm. um, you know, he, he's an, he's an example of a really technically gifted mm. footballer who I think you know with his time again would have would have made fantastic use of this centre and maybe gone on to do. You know, bigger and better things mm. in football. But he was a real talent. Still going, still going, still strong. going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, things set up really nicely uh, in the Premier League, and um, yeah, we'll be uh, down there at uh, Northfield on Tuesday night um, to to see how that one goes. Um, as for GFC, uh, yeah, much more difficult afternoon. They were beaten eight nil away at Basingstoke in Isthmian South Central. Um, yeah, really disappointing afternoon um, for them, and it doesn't get any easier because they've got to go to one of the other sides right there up at the top on Saturday, um, Walton Hersham, and um, yeah, that's sort of desperately in need of a sort of, well, stroke of luck or something to go their way. Yeah, they've actually they've been playing okay for the last month or so, and they're, um, they're certainly their attitude has been right. They've been sort of scrapping as hard as they could to get results. Um, they were going to they were always going to struggle this weekend because of the amount of players they had out. Although to be honest, most of the players they're missing at the moment are sort of attack minded. So I was a bit surprised by the, the size of the scoreline, but in this day and age you, you do occasionally just get sort of a beating like that and Basingstoke were obviously flying as well they were up to um, second now I think or up in the top three for sure so you know that's one that GFC have had sort of similar results or one-off results in the past so they'll just have to sort of just draw a line through that one and then focus on their next game and hopefully have some players back yeah a few reinforcements needed there for sure um, GFC uh, 19th in the table in the bottom two I'm um, still just the nine goals scored, which is uh, which is a bit of a worry, of course. But um, yeah, hopefully some attacking reinforcements uh, to come back there. Um, the word on Mayor Letizia as well. Um, she had a, another weekend to remember. Um, a big appearance in front of a very big crowd at Old Trafford. I was going to say, jo- <laughs> Jonesy, she's gone from playing at Blanche Pierre Lane to now to Old Trafford. It's not bad, <laughs> is it, really? It's extraordinary. Uh, it was a sense of pride as we, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's a great story about May. I won't, I won't bore you with that, May, but it's a real ro- ro- the Rover, Roverette story, if you like, from when she, you know, she, she was first noticed by the scouts when she was nine. It was, it was, it was brilliant. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, just on G, I mean, whether I'm allowed to comment on GFC, but yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because we're producing these players like the Ben Aces and the Alexes and mm. those guys, and they, they go off Ireland, and obviously um, GFC has denied the road, but their ability. But I'm I'm sure I'll speak for Tony, and we say we'd much rather get these these guys playing at the highest level mm. than they possibly can, and you know, than than and obviously people like Charlton as well, really, you know, very talented footballer. He's injured at the moment, so they have got certain injury worries, and um, you know. But keep on supporting them. Mm. The, the Tony's and the guys doing a great job. What, what, I mean, what's your view on? You, you know, obviously the, the club was set up with a very, very clear purpose, which was to give local players, you know, that off island opportunity and opportunity to play at the highest level that they, the sort of yep. they can. As you say, when you lose players like Ben Ac or, or, or when they're taken off your hands um, and, and Alex and, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, 
is there an argument now that it's the, the, the time, if possible, to to sort of fill those holes, bring players in from off island to to kind of to replace the players that you you move from off on? island? Oh, I don't, I'm not going to go down that road, John. I'm sorry. You know, I need to speak to Tony before I, yeah, before I come down that. But uh, yeah, I think you know the club. The club's 12 years old. Um, you know, what, what what's the strategy? What's the vision? Where is it going to be in five years' time? You know, I know there is a, there is a plan, but I'm I'm not party to it. But um, you know, well, there has to be. There has to be. Where where is the club going? Um, and hopefully we can be a part of producing that production line, if you like, of, of the younger players to actually come in and, and start to play for, for GFC. Um, at the end of the day, Alex played for GFC, Ben played for GFC, they got noticed. Yep. Um, so, you know, so why not Why not the next one? Just one last thing from me. Uh, it's good to see the, the floodlights um, being worked on or replaced, you know, the bulbs um, across the uh, the grounds um, in the last week or two. And uh, uh, Played very badly on Wednesday night at Blanche Pierre Lane, and then uh, uh, <laughs> marginally better at Corbett Field on Sunday. Um, but the the lights both uh, switched on um, there, and 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 yeah, a, a vast improvement on what was there before. Right. Um, really nice to play under kind of bright white light that that you know they come on sort of full brightness straight away, which is uh, you know unlike what it was before when you switched them on and you it's about half an hour later they've just got up to speed yeah and then put your 50 extra 50p in the slots just thinking you had to keep them on for the second half yeah yeah you're losing all your excuses now you You can now see the ball on better surfaces these days just no excuses i'll be getting my membership down here and uh working on my close control um but yeah no well done to everyone um involved in in getting those um floodlights sorted and uh, securing the funding and doing the work because um yeah that's that's made a massive difference um quick look at the fixtures then for this week uh, in the Premier League, as we said, it's North against Rovers on Tuesday night. Big game down there. Um, then on Saturday, um, Bells host Alderney. It's Rangers against Rovers, Sylvans against North, and Rec against St Martins. Um, as we say, GFC away again on Saturday. Uh, another tough test, and just one home game to come um, before Christmas. Hamworth Villa, the visitors on Saturday, the seventeenth of December. So uh, hopefully they can uh, turn that form around before um, they break for them. Well, they don't really break, do they, for Christmas? But um, yeah, hopefully they can turn that form around before then. Uh, Rob. Thanks again for uh, stopping for a chat. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure. Loved it. Thank you. Um, it's been awesome to, to see. And um, yeah, best of luck with everything down here. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks again to Rehoy and Son for their support of this show. Um, if you're not already, do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport is the place to go um, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you're getting your shows as well to get all these um, delivered, all these episodes delivered straight to you. And also pick up a paper six days a week for the very best local sports coverage. Um, that's it from us this week. We'll see you next time. 